The Altar Life. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. Like, why do flammable and inflammable mean the same thing? Eyes of fire and feet of brass is what we're going to be talking about tonight. <laughs> that was totally unintentional, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we're so excited. Tonight's topic on the seven-part series is the corrupt church. So get your Bibles out. Turn it to Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. So if you have your Bible, turn there. And we're going to start reading. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira. Is that how you say that? Thyatira, right. Thyatira. Okay, you say it. <laughs> These things says the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I give her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who are who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest in... Thyatira, <laughs> as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels. And as I also have received from my father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Tyra, Tyra, what's your problem? No, I'm just kidding. That's what this show's called. Tyra, Tyra, what's your problem? (laughs) (laughs) The the corrupt church. This is a very, very um, dangerous place to be where this church was, is how they let this stuff linger. They let that woman seduce them into... Uh, sin and how a lot of times as Christians we can leave things into our life or we can surround ourselves um, with people who have a greater influence than maybe they should and they're they're claiming themselves to be Christ I love how it says that she calls herself a prophetess yeah. she's naming that she has this you know special revelation from God and a lot of times we can associate with who we think are Christians but they are actually dragging us down to, uh, to remind, different things. Remind me of Red Robin, or um, what's the, you know, Red Riding Hood? With uh, the, yeah, with little the, Red Riding Hood. With the coyote who comes in the, you know. <laughs> or the wolf. Or the, whatever <laughs> that is. I don't know. I'm totally screwing up the whole thing. But he comes in sheep's clothing, right? Is yeah. that what it is? Or he dresses know. up like the grandmother. Yeah. Well, it's same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Brent was thinking of the, the different, uh, the boy who cried wolf. Baby. Anyway, let's move on. You're listening to the Alpha Life with Brent and Jeff. That was "You Are the Judas of the Cheerleading Squad" by House of Heroes. <laughs> I'm just going back to what Brett was saying before. Like, how sad is it that he mixes up nursery rhymes? He's like, isn't Little Jack Corner the guy who uh, pulled a plum out of ate his, his curds and whey? Pulled a plum out of a pie. <laughs> I mean, that was him, right? Yeah, you got that one right. Oh man, <laughs> I tried to get it wrong and I got it right. <laughs> That's just uh, ridiculous. Story of my night, let me tell you. <laughs> it's classic in this, you know, like we said, you know, last week, and we've been kind of noticing that Jesus always portrays himself as something to each church to encourage them to, you know, to get the point across. And to this church, he says, he's the son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet 
like fine brass. He's got eyes of fire. Um, it says later that he is the one who can look into the hearts of men and discern their hearts. He sees all. He knows all. Um, and also, um, he says that he is the, you know, has feet like fine brass. So he has feet that can stomp <laughs> on. Uh, it can stomp on the, you know, is pure and just, and can stomp on the the evil and get it out of there. And um, you know, in great in great view of Jesus in the context of the uh, corrupt church. Yeah, the there's a verse I couldn't really find it, but. Talking about how you know God, Jesus is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the man, man's heart, and how he talks about the eyes of fire. You just picture, you know, like the all-seeing yeah, eye. You know, kind of like in Lord of the Rings, it just like sees everything. <laughs> There's the eye, and uh, you know, obviously that was in the negative sense. But with Jesus, it can be scary. It's like God sees everything, but it's also a good thing because He knows what your intentions are uh, of the actions that you're doing, and and He knows. Uh, if you're surrounding yourself with stuff that may lead to your downfall. And for those Jezebels who call themselves something that they're not, <laughs> yeah. he can see right into their hearts and know that they're full of, you know, <laughs> you fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah. To quote uh, a famous line, little girls, they're the devil. <laughs> that's from a movie I, I care not name. <laughs> Women are the devil. Yeah, uh, that's no. what this show's about. Just Jezebel. Yeah, just Jezebel is. Sorry if your name is Jezebel <laughs> out there. What was your parents thinking? Yeah, what were your parents thinking? <laughs> David never met one of those. That. I never met a Jezebel. Yeah, it's kind of like you don't encounter Delilahs that much or Salome's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't really encounter Dorcas's either, but I think that's for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Dorcas was a great woman of God, <laughs> you're gonna have it. You're gonna have a kid soon, Jeff. You should uh, call yeah. your uh, kid Dorcas. Dorcas sounds yeah. good. <laughs> but anyway, we have a lot of uh, stuff to talk about tonight. We got lots of great music. That is centered around that theme of corruption. It's kind of a weird theme to have, you know, talking about corruption. But uh, we have some mainstay ambassador Switchfoot, another double play uh, by Switchfoot, back to back weeks. We've got a couple hip hop jaunts this time around. Too, oh like yeah, we, Jr. And, we don't uh, want to slight the hip hop crew. Nah, we like it. Ambassador. Just because we're old whiteies doesn't mean we can't, you know, get down with our bad selves every once in a while. <laughs> so Jesus had some good news and he had some bad news for Thyatira. <laughs> I'm glad you can say that. I can't. Thyra, Tyra. Thyatira master. (laughs) And uh, the good news was that he saw their works, their love, their service, their patience. And he said that their their works were actually better than when they first started. They were actually getting better and moving on in their service and in their faith. If Jesus said that to me, I'd be pretty stoked. And I'd I'd be be like, like, yes. Rocking. All right. I already know all the bad stuff about me. I'd like to hear the good stuff. Great. I should go on a uh, vacation now. (laughs) Prop up my feet. My Christian feet. You know, my faith has arrived. <laughs> it's arrived. I have what arrived. A pri- I don't know. Never mind. That's a different Brent topic. Brent That's show. next week's show. <laughs> All about Brent and how prideful he is. Or isn't. We couldn't fit that in two hours, I don't yeah, think. that's true. Um, hey, you're not supposed to agree with me. Bump, bump, bump. There's a nevertheless. Nevertheless. I have a few things against you because you allow. Notice that. He says, you allow this woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. To teach and to seduce my servants. It wasn't that they were joining in necessarily. Um, you know, it wasn't that the church was in sin. It was that they were allowing this woman to, to uh, you know, if her name was really Jezebel, it doesn't really matter. But it's likening her to Jezebel of the Old Testament. It, that they just allow this thing to just be prevalent in their church without putting a stop to it. And saying, you know what, we can't. 
we can't allow something like this to stick around because it's too dangerous for us to to fall back into it or to you know to lead us astray and and that's what their sin was was allowing something to persist even if they weren't joining in themselves yeah and it says you know she was a seductress but it says that they allowed her to teach and seduce it's like she was actually teaching yeah she was actually educating um, and it's like that that thing that's you know Je- Jezebel is in there not only through her action through her actions through the things she speaks is actually educating the servants in this church um, on things that weren't right. It was almost like there was a there was it wasn't just that she was there and they could discern her away, but it was creeping into their minds and it was creeping into their hearts and it was teaching them things that they didn't need to, they shouldn't have known or they didn't yeah, they need to have been know involved in that stuff. Yeah, and it's um. That's why I think why it's so dangerous. You know, it's so dangerous because she was actually um, communicating and teaching the wrong thing under the guise of being the right thing. Yeah, and she was actually like. It seems like she's in a position of leadership in a sense where people are respecting her, and and they were maybe didn't want to ruffle feathers or or exercise judgment. They were just gonna. They were willing to let that thing just sit there uh, without you know excommunicating it or, or amputating it, as you will, as you would say. <laughs> The Altar Life. Music, truth, real, period. So how awesome is the grace of God? In that passage, you know, he describes just Jezebel, who, how, what she was doing and the impact she had. And it says that Jesus says that I waited for her to repent and turn from her sexual immorality, but she did not repent. He waited for her. He gave her time to change her, change her direction and change her mind. And um, that's the way he is with all of us. You know, he waits for us to make the right decision, to go the right way. The grace of God prevails um, all the time. And a lot of times, you know, we don't see the immediate consequences for the sins that we commit. Um, And we think, well, God must be, you know, okay with this because, you know, nothing's happening. And he's, you know, I'm I'm fine, you know. But he's actually with waiting for us to to go the the different direction. Yeah, I mean, one of the descriptions of God is he calls himself long-suffering and keeping mercy for thousands, and he's willing to, you know, put up with that if it leads to repentance. I was just saying to Brent during those last two songs, uh, you know, that God, you know, we think of the book of Revelation, and you just think of, like, impending doom, <laughs> like the apocalypse dun, 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 and all that dun, stuff. The end of the world. But the only reason that doom has been, you know, is going to be exercised and that God's wrath is because he has been waiting for us to turn he has given us you know so far it's been 2,000 years and who knows how much longer it's going to be but he has waited patiently for us to turn from our sin and even with this seductress who is leading other people astray just like it says you know it's better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and thrown into the ocean than you lead one of my little ones astray God is even gracious to those people to say you know what you can turn if you will problem is with this woman she's cold like the elm sang earlier she didn't care she continued to teach the servants of god uh, in the ways of sexual immorality and sacrificing the idols and all these kinds of things that were totally off what god wanted uh, for his people and uh, she was going to be judged for it yeah and it's really important just to i don't know i keep feel like i always say that it's really important but you know a lot of things we're talking about we we honestly feel in our hearts that these are things that the lord puts in the word for a reason um and I think one of the things that I, I just love that jumps out the page at me when I'm reading that is just the, the graciousness and the long suffering of the Lord. And um, you may feel like you're, you know, you're such a screw up tonight, and um, you know you're you're like the seductress, you know, you're playing the game, 
Um, but the message in that verse is that God is just waiting. You know, He's not bringing the judgment that you deserve or that we all deserve when we sin. Um, but he's waiting for us to turn and to repent. And um, just, you know, just to throw it out, I don't know who's out there listening to this. Um, you may be struggling with something and something might be in your life and you're playing a double, you know, you're playing the double face. You know, you're you're saying you're a Christian like he, she was saying she was a prophetess, um, but you're, you know, you're doing something sexually maybe or um, there's something going on behind the scenes that, you know, you know the Lord is looking at you, wanting you to change. Um, you know, we just want to challenge all of us tonight to look at our lives and just take inventory. You know, maybe there's something that we can turn from. Um, you know, and just thank God that he's been gracious so far, you know, that he hasn't brought the horrible consequences yet um, that we deserve. And he's been waiting for us to repent. And we should just do that tonight. Take him up on that because, you know, we're going to keep going and reading what happens to this Jezebel. And it ain't good. <laughs> the stuff that comes to her and to people who get involved with her, it's it's horrible. Yeah, and, um, it's one of the longest sections on a church. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, a pretty lengthy section. You know, there's a lot to be said here, and we have a whole other hour of it. So keep it locked here until 11 o'clock. We're coming up on the hour break, so stick around for a minute. Separately. Batteries not included. Still to come on the Ultra Life. I don't know how long I can take. Luna Halo. Complacent. Tate. Alibi. Jeremy Camp. Tonight. The Ultra Life. You know what it's time for? What? What is it time for? You should know. It's yeah. your show, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking the listening audience, not you. Oh. All right, we'll let them let, we'll let them answer. Go ahead, let, answer. Oh, no, wait. that's wrong. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. It's time for our unbelievable. Those of you who said unbelievable, you were right. Those of you who said anything else, you were wrong. What is unbelievable today? Um, I don't know, but... You know, we were just sitting here enjoying two cups of wonderfully made hot, homemade hot cocoa that my mm. wife just whipped up, and um, it's quite delicious. Yeah, and we, I like the special touch of the very, very cold whipped cream mm. on top. Yeah. kind of counters the scalding hot, you know, flesh melting. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> worse. There's nothing worse than wanting to drink a hot chocolate so bad that you just take that gulp. And it like burns the roof of your mouth, and you get those little hangy things that hang down from the roof of your mouth. And like, whenever you eat anything for like a week, it like hurts. You know, you're like orange but juice. But it was so oh, good. orange juice. No, that was now I honestly juice. feel warm from the inside out thanks to that hot cocoa. Like I'm starting to sweat a little bit. Yeah, it's, it really warmed me up. It's amazing how it turns your turns your whole life around that way. Yeah, who who <laughs> thought of that? Like heating up chocolate and making it into a beverage. But yeah. it was just—it's just a difference between real homemade chocolate. I always wondered that about like, food, like Swiss who mist. thought of that? Like who, who thought of putting peanut butter and jelly together? <laughs> and who thought of cracking open an egg and frying it up and eating it? Yeah, really. <laughs> Think about that. Ooh, this thing's laying on the ground. Some animal dropped it out of its body. It's I'm like, gonna cook it. <laughs> it's like Noah with the ark. Like people are probably like, "You ate what? An egg cracked and fried? That's gross." It's like, what are you doing building an ark? <laughs> what are you what? talking about? <laughs> are you serious? 
Yeah, I always, I always wonder that. I used to wonder that all the time. Like, and then I used to try to think of like really nasty combinations that would never work. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like cottage cheese and uh, anything with cottage cheese and yeah. something is always <laughs> disgusting. Pickles and <laughs> orange juice. Pickles and ice cream, you know. <laughs> Sounds like the diet of a pregnant lady. I yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, that's unbelievable stuff right there. But the main thing is hot chocolate. Unbelievable. Yeah. And um, just continuing on with our topic and the seductress and this person who calls herself a prophetess, but she's nothing but a scoundrel. Um, <laughs> it's a word we don't use often enough. I know. But dra- dragging, rouser. teaching believers and dragging people down with her, her ways of wickedness. And, um, you know, what does the Bible say about but people who are believers and they're, you know, they say, hey, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm walking good. You know, follow me. But they're, they're really not doing that. Now, in uh, 1 Corinthians 5, Paul is talking to the, to the Corinthian church, obviously, about uh, sexual immorality. And this is very fitting to what we're talking about here. The fact that Jezebel has called herself a prophet as she's setting herself up as someone representing God. And meanwhile, she's leading people astray. And Paul says, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexual immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or the extortioners or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. I love his blind. He's like, I'm not saying don't hang out with sinful people because you would have to like leave the world because <laughs> sinful people are everywhere. He's talking specifically, he says, but now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone naming themselves a brother who is sexually or immoral, covetous, or an idolater, or a reviler, or drunkard, or extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. He's, he's warning us of those people that are calling themselves Christians and meanwhile are living like an unbeliever. He, um, unbeliever, I <laughs> said, uh, unbeliever. He would rather us hang out with those people that are are lost, are struggling with those things, because then we can be a light. How you get? How are you supposed to be a light to someone who who already knows the truth and willfully is turning away from it? Yeah. Uh, he says, "For what have I to do with judging those who are outside? Do, do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person." And that's what Jesus rebuked the church of Thyatira (laughs) for not doing. They didn't put this evil person away. And that's where their sin lied is that they allow this person to linger, possibly influence those people to lead them into sin. It doesn't mean bust a cat and put them away. (laughs) I'm going to put you away (laughs) for good. (laughs) It it just means stop fellowshipping with that person. Stop, you know, trying to align yourself with them and align yourself with the Lord instead or or brothers that are actually walking in truth um, so that you don't you don't get caught up in that. There's nothing you can really do to prepare to rock. Do you prepare to eat a delicious meal? No. Are you hungry? Then you're going to eat it. And I'm hungry for rock 24-7. The Altar Life. With Brent and that was Inhabited. That song was called Revolution. Eyes of Fire. Eyes of Fire. We said at the top of the show we're going to talk about Eyes of Fire and Feet of Brass. And um, that's what the Lord has. And, um, you know, in this passage... It says that Jesus, um, it says he searches the minds and hearts of everyone. And his eyes of fire do that searching and can see right in. You know, Jezebel might have been playing a good game, but um, Jesus can see right into her heart and can see her, could see her thoughts and the intentions of her heart. And um, there's another really cool verse in Hebrews that you got, right, Jeff? Mm Mm-hmm. Chapter 4 of Hebrews kind of ties in with our last show, too, as well, about the Word of God. It says in verse 12, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We talked about that last week. 
piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. That's intense. Yeah, the intense eyes of fire. You know, yeah. and if you think about that, is you know, sometimes the enemy fools us into thinking that we're, uh, you know, living if we're living a hypocritical life, he can fool us into thinking that, um, you know, we can we can hide, and uh, we're all right because we look good on the outside, but really, what's going on on the inside is, you know, is um, you know, is bad stuff. And um, if you think about the fact that he's got eyes of fire that can see right inside, and that we're naked and open before him, you know, it's like whoa, <laughs> I shouldn't yeah. be playing the game. Um, but it's a comfort too when we're when we're thinking that someone that's around us is kind of is like the Jezebel, and we're trying to figure their, their you know figure them out. <laughs> it's like we can just rest in the Lord and know that the Lord actually knows what their deal is and knows what's going on inside. And, you know, everything's naked and open before him with that other person as well. And we should, you know, something that can give us some peace as well. They, they want you to think of it as a scary thing. They meaning the enemy, I guess. Uh, I don't know why I said they, but, uh, that God legion. Yeah. God is, you know, his eyes are, you know, he's all searching. There's no privacy and all that stuff, but really it's a great thing because it keeps you in point and on, on point and in check is what I meant to say. Uh, it's about time for us to skedaddle, so uh, we really appreciate you guys coming in. But we got to apply this to our life now. What is the what is the promise that that this holds for us? Yeah, you know, we've all been there. We all have people or things in our lives that we let hang around us that have the potential of pulling us down, and we've all been in that place like the Jezebel, where we've played cool on TV. But really what's going on inside of our hearts is, uh, you know, is that we're screwing up. And, you know, we have the ability um, and to repent, and the Lord asks, is asking us. He's waiting for us to do that. And there's a promise there that he's, he's, um, we're able to come back and, and be clean. Yeah, the, the main point we're doing this is because there is something that God is speaking uh, to us through these churches, obviously, but also just to us as the, the modern church as you would say. And um, this is something I know just for myself that if I allow uh, things to linger around in my life, then I'm, I'm setting myself up for a fall, definitely. And um, you may be in the same boat, and we are, are hopefully, you know, through doing this, uh, opening your eyes to that. And uh, if you are a person that may be a wolf in sheep's clothing, and you <laughs> happen to listen to this show, <clears throat> and you're le- leading people astray because of to, to satisfy your own, uh, you know, plans for your life. Then you need to be uh, taking heed to the warning here. Um, you know that you're going to be judged violently. <laughs> so, um, you know, just get get back to God. Get get rid of those things that are that, or those intentions uh, that God can see anyway. Everything's naked and open. So why not live a life of um, you know being pleased to be in the light, like the Bible says, instead of being someone who hates the light. Because it exposes their deeds. Yeah, don't be deceived. You know, this world is feels so real, but there's a reality that's something that we can't see. And um, there's a world that we're living for, which is heaven, that we're, we have yet to see. And um, when we overcome, we're going to be able to enjoy that forever. So until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. Live for Christ.